0: Welcome to Songs of the Weird. I'm Bobby Waller. Each episode, I get together with musicians, comedians, or otherwise enlightened beings to eviscerate, investigate, elucidate, and celebrate music that is decidedly off the beaten path. This episode is all about weird Italian-American songs. But first, let me introduce to you my friends who are here with me today from the New York-based Catterwall of Sound, uh, a voice often heard on this show, Mr. Alan Partlow. How's it going, Alan? Doing well, Bobby. How are you? I'm very, very good. Alan is the bassist of Catterwall of Sound uh, and also his bandmate, Professor Damage. How's it going, Professor Damage? Good to see you. You're the guitarist.
1: Uh, guitarist and and other voice in the background, I guess. Uh, he's our
2: he's our fearless band leader.
0: Yeah, someone. Yeah, I guess. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, let's get started. Let's look at some of these Italian American songs. My caveat for this episode is I am uh, a hillbilly kid transplanted to florida grew up in florida i'm gonna say a lot of words incorrectly um, and
1: if you don't want to worry about you know s- seeing that you're making fun of a certain ethnic group um on stage i'm professor damage but in reality my name is vincenzo gorgenti uh, of sicilian heritage <laughs> and uh growing up very close to the bronx so that's his It's our word, whoppy as you can get.
0: uh, You You can say that, Alan, and I can't. It's our word. (laughs) The plan is to cover the history of Italian-American music chronologically, beginning in the 1940s with Frank Sinatra. And Alan, you have brought a weird little gem to the table.
2: Uh, So, yeah, the song I wanted to talk about is a a duet with Frank Sinatra and of all people, uh, Lou Costello.
0: <laughs> no. of, of Cabin <laughs> and
2: Costello fame, yeah. It's a song called "One Meatball."
3: A little man
4: walked up and down, found an eating place in town. He looked the menu through and through to see what fifteen cents could do. One
3: meatball. One meatball. One, meatball!
4: He could afford but one
3: meatball.
2: (laughs) Lou Costello, his only line is "meatball," but every time he just says "meatball," the crowd just like loses their shit.
3: One meatball. One meatball.
2: The thing that that really gets me is how primed the audience is to want to find it funny and to
0: laugh. Uh, you know, like I've been to com—I'm sure we all have. I've been to comedy shows where, like, I'm watching. and I'm going, that's not really that funny, but the crowd goes crazy because we're oh, here. Yeah. We've de- we're committed. We've decided we want this to be funny. Yeah.
3: You get no breath. Well, who lost my place again? <laughs> so I think this was in
2: 1945, recorded on the uh, the Abbott and Costello Radio Hour. And if you if you look on the video on YouTube, you can see like how young Sinatra looks. He looks he's look, looking like he's wearing his dad's suit. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It's a fun little novelty song about a guy who's poor. Who has 15 cents to spend on dinner? So he goes into a restaurant, <laughs> he's looking at the menu, and the only thing he can afford is a single meatball. Which he <laughs> and he, uh, tries to be discreet, yeah. you know, and then the waiter is just like, What meatball? He like yells out that this guy just wants one. What meatball. Are the preparation yeah. age? Right. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah that's right. It's right, like yeah.
0: When, when you go to the drugstore, this kid needs condoms. Price, <laughs> price check on extra petite condoms. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I think is interesting about this, there's, there's nothing particularly Italian about this song other than Sinatra's Meatball. participation in Meatball. it. Meatball. Well, meatballs I'm Italian. No, I... I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I, I wanted to bring that up because like meatballs are not exclusively Italian. Swedish meatballs come readily to mind and um, if you go to a Thai restaurant, you can get fish balls, etc, <laughs> right? But I will say that I grew up as a as a hillbilly in the in the South. Uh, to me meatballs were an Italian thing very much. So, so may- like there's ca- maybe a kind of like an implicit Italian American content here, but certainly not explicit. I think for the most part, Sonata just wanted to be the all-American crooner. In
3: America, America, God shed
4: his grace on thee and crown thy goodwill.
0: By contrast, at the same time, Louis Primo was putting tons of explicitly Italian content in his song.
4: I eat auntie Pasta twice just because she is so nice, Angelina.
0: Angelina, the the This is Angelina, which is probably Louis Prima's best-known song of the 1940s. And as you can hear, it's uh, more explicitly Italian than, uh, say, One Meatball or really any of Sinatra's big hits. It's got some Italian words, and it kind of sounds like... Uh, like, like an Italian folk song or something. It's that kind of... Yeah. Which is a Tarantella,
1: but then it's also got the, you know, the jazz kind of upbeat.
3: You
1: know, so it's playing off of that. And he just takes any song, any song, makes it Italian, makes it funny, makes it a novelty song. You know, he just goes nuts with
4: it
1: He's definitely a rock and roll guy. he's he's the
0: great grandfather of rock and roll. Oh he was so high energy and, and, and so fun and and as you mentioned, Vince, funny, which I think is important to point out because so many of the songs that we're looking at in this episode involve humor. Like in the beginning of this recording, I eat antipasta twice just because she is so nice. I love that. He's got
1: some humor to him. He's got some flair. And he was, you know, for New Orleans, New Orleans has a very big Italian population, especially at that time, because you could come into America through um, South America into that port, so there's a ah. huge Italian-American thing there. I didn't know that. Um, and also, very much unliked, <laughs> you know, because you know, immigrants equal bad, especially in the South. And also, oh. not for nothing, some of us were not so uh, uh, legal,
0: <laughs> you know. You, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and between Al Capone and uh, Benino <laughs> Mussolini, yeah, there had been a lot of bad press for Italians in the United States. Louis Prima had this thing where being the Sicilian that he is, he's not
1: changing his name. His name is Prima. He's Italian. So he's going to try to latch on to that and say, okay, look, we're, you know, worth something. And how do you do that? With humor, humor that involves food. I, I, I feel that, you know, when you want to kind of show who your ethnicity is, you always start with humor and food and music. Nobody's gonna hate food, music, and humor. You know, everybody's gonna be happy about that. So that's your in.
0: That was the medley titled Angelina slash Zuma Zuma. Uh while we are on the topic of humor, music, and food. Let's give a listen to a couple more Louis Prima songs from this era in the 1940s, uh, beginning with Please No Squeezer Da Banana.
4: Hey please, no squeeze the banana. Because when you do that, then you make a flat. Hey please, no squeeze the banana. When you squeeze the plum, you put him on the bomb. You touch it this, you touch it that, you touch it everything. You push this, you push that, you never buy anything. So please no not squeeze the banana.
2: If you squeeze the officer, please a squeeze of the coconut. How much innuendo is in that? Because, like, the Oh, lemons- well,
0: <laughs> I didn't even think of that. that oh, Almost really? that's That's, that's where I went. Yeah. When I listened that's to it, it was little. just about food. Yeah, there's a song about a cop coming and squeezing the produce and the store owner in this over the top. <laughs> Fake Italian accent by a real Italian American guy says, Please don't squeeze the bananas. You'll flatten them out. Don't squeeze the grape. You'll change the shape, whatever he says. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Squeeze (laughs) the coconut. Squeeze (laughs) the coconut. You can't hurt a coconut. Squeeze the coconut. (laughs) Uh, So let's listen to another one. Uh, And this one's called Bachigaloop Makes Love on the Stoop.
4: Bachigaloop and Maria. I'll keep
0: him company.
4: He comes around to see her every night. When he wants to make the woo, there's a place he takes her to. You can see them when the moon is shining bright. I'm bother makes love on the stoop. Cause Maria has a bigger family. I'm about to go loop. makes love on the stoop. On the step, he's
2: full of the pep with his Maria. So, so what's
1: the word? Uh, Bocigalup? galoop means dumbass. It's like
2: a dumbass. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Bocigalup being the uh, standard Italian dumbass character, which ends up in the Abbot Costello TV show.
0: Mm. Um, oh, right. Yes.
3: Who, he
1: was the Italian neighbor. That's right.
0: Yes. Yeah. He was the Italian Bocic-a-loop. Bocic-a-loop, wow.
1: Bocic-a-loop. Who, was all, who ran the fruit stand. So I guess Boccaaloo was getting his banana squeezed, or not getting his banana. Probably had to go down. Right. There. See, he didn't want the cop to squeeze his banana. You had to have Maria from the pizzeria oh my down the stoop. See, it all connect. It's it's a shared right. universe. <laughs> it,
0: <laughs> it is. Like,
1: it's like Marvel. It's it's the shared universe of, of Louis Prima. <laughs> right, right. right. Uh,
0: uh, there's a lot of Marias in his song. <laughs> Uh, There's also Felicia So let's listen to this one This is called Felicia No Capicia
4: I took Felicia to Las Vegas Here's my story She spent the weekend eating chicken Cacciatore But when I said I'd like to kiss you Felicia No Capicia The way she gambled at the tables Wasn't funny You should have seen the ways She found to lose my money But when I said, I'd like to kiss you,
0: Felicia, no capicia. (laughs) 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 A would-be romantic weekend in Vegas foiled by feigned linguistic ignorance uh, because when the topic turns to love, Felicia, no capicia, she claims not to understand.
1: (laughs) And when when, when she says get married, uh, Louie... Louis no Capiche <laughs> yeah, uh, he's not putting up with it Yeah, he's also got another song About a, a woman who just keeps ordering food And he just orders water Banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me
4: Banana spread for my baby A glass of plain water for me Dispenser man If you please
1: I have a great story. Uh, my father was a contractor. He was always ripping up the house. You know, it's like, oh, you need a closet. Let me bash a hole in the wall. And one day he tore up the whole house. I mean, there's plaster and everything all over the house. It's a mess. My mom comes into the room, starts yelling at him, why are you doing this? Oh, this... My father just big smile on his face, goes over to the record player. Puts on a Louis Prima album and starts dancing. Nice. And my mom just looks at him and says, "I can't. I can't yell at you if you're dancing.
2: You, you can't get angry at that.
1: And it's, it's a life lesson. It's just that like, I, I am not taking any kind of anger from my wife if I'm. I'm going to put on Louis Prima right. and dance." that's a
0: very
2: healthy way to deal with that for sure
0: oh i'm gonna have to try that (laughs) it it, (laughs) It sounds like a good strategy your mileage may differ but you
1: know
0: (laughs) right right oh my gosh louis primo was just awesome so we've got on the one hand frank sinatra just being this mostly a romantic crooner sort of bringing the greater culture to him. And then on the other hand, we've got Louis Prima bringing Italian culture to the larger culture. Last stop in the 40s that I'd like to touch on is Dean Martin, who is just getting started in the 40s. And uh, to talk about Dean Martin, I want to contrast his version of waymarie Marie to uh, Louis Prima's. So let's, let's listen to Louis Prima's it's called O oh Marie, but where I grew up, all the Italian-Americans said Way Marie. Way Marie. Let's give it a listen.
4: Way Marie. Way Marie. Way Marie. One was ci She passed every day. Famo to me. Famo to me. Ono noto, ono noto. Ono noto, ono noto, ono noto, ono noto, ono noto, ono
0: noto, ono noto, ono noto, ono noto, come on, boy. What's the matter? So that's Louis Prima, very jump blues. Crazy, frantic, almost out of control. Uh, Louis Primo was very okay embracing Italian stereotypes. Yeah, we're loud, we're wild, and I'm okay with that, right? All right. Let's listen to Dean Martin by contrast.
3: Hey, Marie. Hey, Marie. One To me, Dean Martin
2: always always seemed like a combination of, like, Frank Sinatra and Foster Brooks. (laughs) Because he had this, like, this persona of, like, the the, the hapless, lovable drunk. Back in the day when it wasn't sad. (laughs)
0: <laughs> interesting <laughs> before, right. before pc it was okay to laugh at drunks <laughs> uh interesting side note in many interviews when elvis presley was asked who his vocal role model was he almost always said dean martin i could hear <laughs> that yeah oh totally yeah, yeah. he was a total crooner yeah oh baritone that deeper kind of sultry. Mm-hmm. You know. God you can totally hear it as you can hear in this cover of O Marie um, Dean Martin starts off very croonerly it's very sappy like I want you to just get into my voice and feel the beauty and the romance of it all and then in the end he picks it up you know the tempo changes and it gets a little more fun
3: way Marie.
0: He's trying to create, I think, sort of a balance between the cool jazz smoothness of Frank Sinatra and the hotter aspects that you find in Louis Prima, including the humor. He's okay with that. As evidenced by this 1953 Dean Martin's signature song.
4: When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's tomorrow When the world seems to shine like you've
0: had too much wine that's tomorrow I like the simile of the moon hitting your eye like a big pizza pie I can't say my eye has ever been hit by a pizza pie but okay it's a fun little rhyme and I totally love that song which, by the way, brings us into the 1950s, a time when Italian-American music really took off. It's when we see the breakthroughs of people like Tony Bennett. I know I'd go from rags to riches. Al Martino.
3: In my heart.
0: Connie Francis. I'm sorry now. And by the end of the decade, Bobby Darin. Could that someone be Mac the Knife? But before we get ahead of ourselves, uh, let's start in 1951 and see what old Blue Eyes was up to. Alan, you found another pretty weird Sinatra duet. What have you got for us? Oh wow, this
2: one is uh, this one's a head scratcher. So he did this song with Dagmar called. Mama will bark.
4: She said, Mama will bark. You look so lovely in the moonlight. Yes, but Papa will bark. Your eyes are shining like the starlight. Yes, but Mama will bark. Your lips are so inviting, darling. Give me one more kiss. (laughs) Mama will spank. The night is young and you are here so near. But Papa will spank. Please let me whisper in your ear, my dear. But Mama will spank. This is the moment I have dreamed of, darling. Oh, what a bliss.
2: I, I really can't understand this song. It, it seems to me, I'm going to have to pause it now so I can go back to look at the
0: lyrics. Oh, I got them up. Okay. My, f- my feet were killing me. My dogs were barking. My dogs were barking. Okay. Right, right. I must have fallen asleep where I was parking. Uh huh. <laughs> and then I dreamed two dogs were talking. Take my word. It was a doggonest thing I've ever heard.
2: It's about talking dogs so who want to fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, what it seems to be saying is. Uh I fell asleep in my car, and when I did, I had a dream about two dogs. The male was trying to talk the female into an act of procreation, but the female declines on the grounds that her mother would object.
2: Right. Wow. It's almost like, baby, it's cold outside.
0: Yeah, it's a little date rapey, a little creepy. There is a video of, of them doing that
2: live mm. and it's super, super awkward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I think we could probably agree that it's, again, not Sinatra's brightest moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, interestingly, Mama Will Bark actually charted and charted fairly high. It went to the number <laughs> 21 position. Believe it or not, that was a man a bit of a hit song. How come Color of Sound can't do that?
2: <laughs> hey,
1: We're not bobbed up enough.
2: Right? <laughs> oh my god! Vince, I'm looking at you. You're you're Sicilian.
1: Hey, I, I only just moved to Jersey, so. <laughs> <laughs> a... uh,
0: speaking of the charts, Italian American music was just about to hit really big in the early '50s. There's this flashpoint where suddenly the cash potential of of Italian American songs uh, becomes real, and the first of those songs to go number one was "Come On of My House" by Rosemary Clooney.
4: Come on to my house, my house, I'm gone. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you apple, or plum, and I forgot I do I what is
2: I don't even know what, what does that song mean? Come, like, come on my house, I'm gonna give you candy? Is it, is uh, it sexual? Oh, is it Alan, a, please. Yeah. I, I, do, we, do we have to teach you these
0: things? I thought Just it was called, I thought it was
2: called, come on on uh, my
0: blouse. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, to be honest, I'd never thought of the word come in that other sense. But <laughs> I always thought the word candy was the big giveaway. We're talking about sex here, people. She says Christmas tree. And I think that's uh... <laughs> my
3: house, my house. I'm going to give you
2: Christmas tree. Gonna Wait, is, is Christmas tree a sexual? Yeah, term what's number?
0: that mean? I don't getting all lit up. I don't know. No, it's what's the shape of a Christmas. Do I have to spell it out? So is it like Sambiaterra's song, French Poodle? Do you know that song? It was because of her French
4: Poodle. I knew she was my style. I took a look at her French Poodle. And then she started to smile.
0: Yeah, I fell in love with her French poodle, her curly-haired little thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving right along. (laughs) We were talking about Rosemary Clooney. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you everything. Rosemary Clooney, despite what this song seems to suggest, was not an Italian-American. She was an Irish-American. What's more, the writer was not an Italian-American either. The writer was an Armenian-American named Ross Bagdasarian. Do you know that name, Ross Bagdasarian?
2: I don't, but you can't get more Armenian than that.
0: Okay. You do know uh, Ross Bagdasarian's biggest hit that came just a few years later, which was this. Holy shit! Yeah, I I, yes.
2: I I I totally missed. That. I didn't get that. <laughs> and
0: so that's Ross back to big hit, The Witch Doctor. And if that's still not ringing a bell for you, you probably know Ross Bagdasarian's famous alter ego, David Seville. All right, you chipmunks. Ready to sing your song?
2: I'll say we are. Yeah, let's
3: sing it now.
0: David Seville, of course, being the fictitious impresario and maybe dad of the chipmunks.
1: David Seville, if you take the records and you slow them down, you can hear him do every single voice. Mm -hmm. Really? It's
0: all him singing on it. Oh, I should totally check that out. This is like uh, Six Degrees of Rosemary Clooney. She was just so fascinating and she had just so much character in her voice, uh, which is Probably why she was able to get away with mimicking an Italian accent so publicly, even though she herself is an Italian. Uh, and another possible explanation is that she had been a regular singer for Tony Pastora and his orchestra.
4: It's movie tonight. We're sitting cozy
3: and we're doing all right. Nobody's nosy in the movie tonight. Just Baby and me.
0: And apparently, that gave her enough Italian cred not only for uh, Come On to uh, My House to become a staple at Italian American wedding receptions, but also for Clooney herself to release another novelty hit in a fake Italian accent.
3: Hey, mambo, mambo italiano. Hey, mambo mambo Italiano, go 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 you mixed up sigiliano all you calabrese do the mambo like a crazy with hey mambo don't want a tarantella. hey mambo no more the mozzarella hey mambo mambo italiano try an enchilada with the fish
0: bacalán.
2: yeah during that time like mambo was huge
0: this was the time of the latin music explosion in new york especially to me
2: that's one of my favorite things about living in new york is being (laughs) exposed to like that latin music and that boogaloo music like people like joe baton and joe cuba and other artists i I had no idea about until i moved here
0: you know yeah yeah uh and, and i think you're speaking to something this song illustrates really well which is the incredible ethnic diversity of American music. I mean, basically, you got this Italian themed song set to a Cuban beat, sung by an Irish American singer of African American jazz, and written by a Jewish American with help from uh, Italian American consultants. There's your melting pot right there, baby. But going
2: back to like when. As a kid in Florida, like working at Enzo's Italian restaurant and hearing like the Italian-American music on the loop, that song was on there, because mm-hmm. it was all songs that mentioned food, you know so it was like pizza and oh,
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, bacala. Uh, Appeal to people's sense of enjoyment, and they might right. be OK with you. Because so.
2: honestly, like most people, like as an American, I sadly only know English and only barely.
0: <laughs> i've I, I really
2: you know, it, I've, uh, you know I've, I've studied other languages but i've never been fluent in any other language but when you hear foods you get it
3: oh okay, right, right. <laughs> just,
2: just just say it louder with either an a or an o at the end <laughs> I've, I've i've heard i've heard that works
0: that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> God. Mambo Italiano, it should be pointed out, has had incredible generative powers, uh, inspiring an unbelievable number of remakes and spin offs. For example, there's a French version of Mambo Italiano by a Jewish Turk superstar named Dario Moreno. There's also a Cantonese version by Paula Sweet. And appropriately, it was even translated into Italian for Carlo Boni. Martin did a cover of it. No kisses, did you get happy in the pizza when you mambo
4: Italiano?
0: It even inspired Italianized songs about other Latin and Caribbean dances, such as Connie Francis's Tango Italiano. Un tango
3: Italiano
0: Un dolce tango. And Lou Monti's Calypso Italiano.
3: Calypso, I, Calypso, I, Calypso Italiano. Calypso, C, Calypso, C, Calypso Siciliano.
0: This was not the end of the public's fascination with Mambo Italiano. By the way, uh, we'll look at more Mambo Italiano spin-offs in the epilogue of this episode. But while we're on the topic of Lou Monte, uh, I would like to point out that he was a prolific generator of Italian-themed novelty songs, <laughs> including this unlikely 1960 Christmas hit.
3: Hey, jingle, jing, e- ah, e- ah. it's Dominic the donkey, Jingle, jing, e- e- ah, the Italian Christmas donkey, la la la, la 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 la. La la, la la
1: la 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 Let me give you a Lou Monti aside. Lou Monti who does Pepino the Italian mouse. Pepino oh you little mouse, so won't you go away? Find yourself another house to run around and play. We had a neighbor who hated us for being Italian, he was one of these waspy guys. Um, drunk he would throw bottles at our house he, we had a really loud stereo and, uh, my father <laughs> would just point the stereo at his house and play Pepino the Italian Mouse <laughs> and, and blast it at him I had another, oh, man. I had another so neighbor. was it
2: more or less annoying than a chipmunk song
1: more he'd get to the end of the song and move the needle back to the front nice. And play
0: it again <laughs> <laughs> Your dad totally weaponized Lou Monty is my Lou Monty aside so. Oh my, that's an awesome aside I about Lou Monty is yeah. uh, there, awesome
1: There's also another uh, song just If I could mention it um, And this is just odd uh, Chuck Berry had an Italian song called Hey Anthony Boy Hey there Anthony Boy buy you in such a rush the girl she wanna talk to you Look at him, he's a It's this weird Tarantella Italian song by, you know
0: Wow, Chuck Berry uh, You know, it just goes to show that this period From the early 50s to the early 60s Was very much the golden age of Italian-American music Just everybody was doing an Italian song Oh, that's our epilogue music. It's time to hit the home stretch. We've been concentrating on the 1940s, the formative years of Italian American music, and the 1950s and into the 60s, the golden years of Italian American music. But the story definitely does not stop there. The golden age fizzled out, at least partially because rock was taking over as the world's dominant form of music. A- and because of that, a lot of people that we're talking about tried to reinvent themselves uh, to various degrees of success.
1: Bobby Darin. Yeah. and Bobby Darin had his kind of sinatra big band stuff.
3: Not that Maggie's
1: Back in time And then he's doing folk music.
4: Come and sing a simple song of freedom
1: Sing it like you've never sung before. Which they hated him for.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah. He's
1: like, I don't want to be a guy in a suit anymore.
0: And that falls on his face on that one. Yeah. It was a confusing time. I mean, even Sinatra, who had always disparaged rockers as idiots and degenerates, suddenly started occasionally covering music the kids were into to help keep himself more relevant uh for example have you ever heard his cover of the Beatles something something in the way she moves attracts me like no other lover and Sinatra wasn't the only one I mean, Louis Prima was
1: making records until he died in the early '70s. Yeah. Um, the song, the album from 1970 is called Louis Prima Blast Off, and it's got Mrs. Robinson. poo-poo-poo-choo, choo Mrs. Robinson, heaven holds a place
4: for those who pray. Hey hey <laughs> obla di
1: obla da. Desmond has a barrel in the marketplace. Molly is a singer with a band there's a kind of fake it's it's not really a cover it's 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 a it's an instrumental of sympathy for the devil
0: wow that's pretty far out he was always you know hey make it pretty for the people let's what what do the people want i'll play it yeah yeah uh, so, on the one hand, we've got these established artists trying to modernize their acts in some ways. But it should probably also be pointed out that the old way of doing things never really went away. Uh, Sinatra continued to crank out swingy, showy, big bandy kinds of hits. It's up to you, no the news. Oh, my God. I totally remember all the Italian girls at our school at the dances would go crazy when that would come on, which in turn would drive me crazy because I was a frustrated teenage boy. Uh, By the way, for listeners who are trying to put all the pieces together, Alan and I are from the same uh, small town in uh, Florida, which had a, a very big... Uh, italian american population so we're childhood chums uh and another song i remember very distinctly from childhood was a surprisingly uh, straightforward remake of a song uh, closely associated with louis prima and revived by what i consider to be a very unlikely source just a- That's King of Spandex, David Lee Roth of Van Halen fame.
2: And, and another Jewish guy doing Italian music. Right. God bless America. I, I, with
0: and, Steve Vai on guitar,
1: who is an Italian virtuoso. Oh, host. yeah, that's right.
0: Boom. There you go. Yes. He made it legitimate, just like you're making us legitimate, Vince. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: I, I'm the token. Uh, right.
0: You're. Yes. Bob, by, by the
2: way, I want to thank you for your, your hospitaliano. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can get a sponsor. Brought to you for the, by the, for Olive the record. Garden. For the record, I love unlimited breadsticks. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh my god. And that's
2: that's not an euphemism. <laughs>
0: So, the old songs are popping up in new places, notably in 1987 in the film Moonstruck, whose theme song, That's Amore, once again hit us in the eye like a big pizza pie. And in this century, Mambo Italiano resurfaced as a club song by acts like the Wise Guy Orchestra.
3: Mambo,
0: And in the United Kingdom, Shaft
3: All you calibracy do the
0: Mambo like a crazy with a... And the Vietnamese boy band, Ho Quang Du hey, Mambo, no more,
3: I'm a hey, Mambo, Mambo, Italiano, hey, mambo, mambo, Italiano. Hey, mambo, mambo, Italiano.
0: Big apologies to speakers of Vietnamese for my, no doubt, horrible pronunciation. So that's it. Italian-American music just keeps going. Uh, We have one more song to cover, and I didn't really know where to fit it because it is such a twist. Uh, And Vince, this is one that you dug up by a guy named, oh boy, uh, Adriano Celentano.
1: He was actually a big pop star uh, in the 60s. He was kind of like if Elvis and Jerry Lewis had a baby.
0: That's a perfect analogy.
2: Because <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, he, he's like, he's like kind of like goofy professor moves.
0: But let's, he's like sexy. Let's give it a listen. This is uh, Andreano Celentano performing. I'm going to say this super wrong. Priestang Colin ensign and she so.
4: We just stand to choose now and whole building seem then a whole red maybe to call
3: the boss dye.
1: What so you've heard it and uh you might be saying, hey, I don't know those Italian words And that's because it's all completely gibberish. (laughs) Um, That is is the joke. I Um, thought so. The song is written to be what Italians think American sounds like.
0: Ooh, nice twist, Vince. So we've heard non-Italians mimicking Italians, and Italian-Americans themselves mimicking Italians, and now... We're hearing an Italian mimicking Americans. I love it.
1: A little history on Adriano. Uh, his nickname was Il Maggiato, the flexible one. Because it was his uh, t- 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 Coincidentally,
2: YouTube. that
0: was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Il Maggiato. Il Maggiato. <laughs> I actually watched a number of uh, videos that are out there for this song. And they're all different, different settings shot at different times obviously right. but in every one of them he's teaching a group of of models who are dressed like schoolgirls. right <laughs> yes. yes that, that is that is correct oh my gosh it's so smarmy
1: just a little bit of trivia with him he was in felini's la Dolce vita was he yes and and get this he plays satan in mel gibson's passion of the christ
0: what <laughs> wow that is some nice research <laughs> so <Awesome. laughs> and speaking of the lord of darkness i would like to send us off with a musical excursion into darkness from uh, vince your other band gods of fire but before i do i want to thank both you and alan for being on this episode where can people hear catterwall of sound
1: Wherever fine music is found on the interwebs, uh, our album is Stabby Road, has all the songs on it.
0: Stabby Road. Stabby Road. <laughs> uh,
1: so it's the, the, that's our best of, which is our only album, anyway. So. We're, we're a, yeah. our, our,
0: <laughs> our only album is a best of because it's the <laughs> best stuff we've done. As good as you're gonna get. So. Awesome. But all you right. should
2: definitely link the uh, our of sound uh, Betty Page video. I think, I think that's, that's the... I love that That song. is the nexus that, of our oh creativity.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's Catterwall of Sound. Professor Damage, will you tell us about the song that is going to close the show for us? I understand it's a sort of Italian-American song.
1: Uh, in my other band, Gods of Fire, which is a metal band of, that does songs about monsters, we have a big following in Italy for some strange reason. Our drummer from Rome. So I was like, well, if they're listening, let me use this to my advantage.
2: Pander. And
1: let me pander. And <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I came up with a, a song called the Malocchio," which is the evil eye. I'm trying to bring back the Italian novelty song in the form of heavy metal.
0: So- <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so let's give it a listen. <laughs> Listening to Songs of the Weird with my good friends from Catwalk of Sound, Alan Partlow and Professor Damage, A.K.A. Vincenzo Guagenti. I'm Bobby Waller, reminding you to keep it weird, and happily presenting Professor Damage's other band, Gods of Fire, performing Maloik.
3: we